There's kind of a lot going on right now in the recruiting world for the Florida Gators, so we're going to talk about some of it only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And if you didn't see my tweet yesterday, there is some big news that I've hinted at here and there on Locked On Gators, but I get to finally confirm, I swear that was my phone scraping. That was, if, if that noise even came through, I swear that was my phone scraping. Um, but yes, I am incredibly excited to talk about this because... September 1st and September 2nd, I will be in Gainesville. So we're going to get into content. Don't worry about that. But September 3rd is Florida versus Utah. September 1st and September 2nd, if you go to this social at Midtown Gainesville, I know a lot of people just call it social, but business purposes, we're going to call it the social at Midtown in Gainesville. September 1st at 7 p.m., September 2nd at 5.30 p.m., we will have live remote recording sessions of Lockdown Gators for the first time ever. So it's going to be something that, that's very awesome and I'm very excited for. And thank all the people at Social, the Social at Midtown in Gainesville, whatever you want to call it, I'm excited for it. But now, I'm Brandon Olson. Twitter's WNS underscore Brandon. Written work, video work, whole nine sports, Giants country, all that. I've held you long enough without getting into the content, so we're going to do it now. And the first thing I wanted to talk about in terms of recruiting, which we're going to spend a few minutes on this here. The defensive line group. Um, we're also going to talk about linebackers and offensive line today, but right now we're talking about the defensive line because it's interesting because it's exciting. Uh, Florida's in play for a lot of defensive linemen in this 2023 recruiting class where you look at Kelby Collins is committing this weekend. He's committing on Saturday. I believe he's committing at 2 p.m. if I'm not mistaken. Cameron James is committing Sunday. He has not, at the time of recording this, which is 10 p.m. on Tuesday night, I uh, forgot what day it was for a second, Cameron James has not announced a time that he's committing, just we know that he's committing Sunday. Will Norman from IMG, who we've spoken about extensively, has no date set yet for his commitment, but he's, you know, John Garcia spoke about it at, when he was at the IMG Media Day, and it's like, well, Will Norman came out wearing Florida shorts uh, to Marion Parker, who Florida has been targeting for a long time and never really stopped uh, recruiting, decommitted from Penn State yesterday. Jordan Hall recently posted a video of him working out wearing Gators gear. Xavier Hardy is rumored to be picking between Florida and South Carolina. Amori Washington has Florida in his final list. Caden McDonald has a mutual interest with Florida and that's where this kind of gets messy, because right now, the only two players on that list with set commitment dates are Kelby Collins and Cameron James, who are both committing this weekend. Now, both of those players are, I mean, I don't want to say projected or predicted, but, you know, they both have, whether it's on three predictions or 24-7 crystal balls, whatever it might be, Florida is is the favorite for both of those players right now. That's that's the term I should use. Florida is a favorite for both of those players right now. And yes, while we know Florida needs defensive line help, 
I'd imagine they take three or four of those defensive linemen. Um, and that leaves a kind of um, a, a, a log jam, I guess, in terms of the recruiting department and defensive line because Florida's also, right, at, at this point in time, Florida's favored for Will Norman. Florida's favored for Tamarian Parker after his decommitment from Penn State. Florida's favored for Jordan Hall. Florida's in the final two for Xavier Hardy. Um, there, there's a lot of people with interest in Florida, and it, it leads me to think about maybe Florida uh, pressuring some of these kids, but not directly pressuring them. Because let's say Kelby Collins and Cameron James both do what is expected at this point in time and commit to Florida. That's two guys on the defensive line at it. And again, I would expect three or four for Florida, especially when you consider the defensive line that, that there's going to be edge rushers out there um, that are stand-up edge rushers. So may, maybe defensive line gets three or four guys for the 2023 class. If Kelby Collins and Cameron James commit, that leaves Will Norman, Tamarian Parker, Jordan Hall, Xavier Hardy, Amari Washington, and Caden McDonald. That's six players with two spots. Um, that is a, a little intense there, right? That you're adding so many guys. So it's Will Norman has kind of been flirting with Florida for a while. If Kelby Collins and Cameron James commit to Florida, does Will Norman feel like he needs to kind of speed his process up? Does he kind of feel like he needs to... Um, I guess, move up his commitment date. I don't know. what I feel like that might be a thing where you talk about time. Like if you're, if you're moving up a meeting, are you really pushing it closer to you or further away later in the time? I don't care about that. Uh, will, will Norman maybe feel pressure to commit sooner? We'll say just to, just to get rid of that uh, confusion. So will Norman maybe, maybe feel the pressure to commit sooner and make a decision and make an announcement after flirting with Florida for so long? And will he be able to kind of, add to that Florida IMG connection. Will Tamarian Parker is he just or is Tamarian Parker gonna be, you know what, I decommitted from Penn State because of Florida. I'm committing to Florida. Will he feel the pressure to kind of do that? Jordan Hall, same thing as Will Norman. Will you feel pressure to make your commitment sooner? And I get it that a lot of people are like, oh like they have other schools that want it, that want them. Yeah, but these kids right now probably have a school that they prefer playing for. And if it's Florida and Florida starts adding defensive line talent then you have to worry about getting maybe not the scholarship offer pulled. I think this coaching staff, for the most part, would honor these scholarship offers. But you do have to worry about how, how much talent is going to be there that I'm going to have to fight and claw for every second of playing time. And, and if you don't want to do that, Chris Parson, um, then that's easy. Then, then just don't go there. But I think right now Florida's creating an interesting situation where there's a lot of defensive linemen that Florida is in on. And don't forget, Florida has been in on a lot of players throughout this entire process. They've lost quite a few of them. Uh, but Florida has been in on a lot of these guys. And maybe defensive line doesn't go the way we're projecting with all these guys wanting to go to Florida. But at the same time, Sean Spencer is a phenomenal defensive line coach. He's also the co-defensive coordinator. So he gets a say in not only your playing time or your development, but also your usage. So I think that also kind of leans in Florida's favor compared to some other schools where their defensive line coach is just their defensive line coach, not a co-defensive coordinator. Uh, so Florida is creating an interesting situation at defensive line, or not even that they're creating it. It just happened to work out this way where there's a lot of defensive linemen that are interested in Florida, and there's a lot of defensive linemen that Florida is interested in. 
and their commitment dates and their recruiting cycles are kind of all coming and meeting at the same point and coming to a climax here. And then we're going to see what happens after that. But it's certainly an interesting thing to take an eye, to keep an eye on. And then we're about to talk about linebackers and offensive line recruiting because I do believe that they need uh, that they need more attention. But first, a quick word from Bet Online because if you think the Florida Gators will win seven or more games, like myself, bet the over. If you think the Florida Gators will win six or less games, like I always say, like a big dumb dummy, bet the under. Right now on Bet Online, the Gators' win total is six point five. Bet Online is your number one source. For all of your betting needs and sports information, I've been using Bet Online for years now. Couldn't be happier with it. It's got so much—not just basketball, not just football, not just baseball. Which, by the way, strikeout parlays are just so great. Not just soccer, not just tennis. Which, by the way, for soccer corners over under, that's just like a really fun thing to bet on. I don't even know what I'm doing with that one. I'm just having fun and. Loving it, honestly. You can bet on darts, table tennis, snooker. I believe you could bet on some kind of polo. I, I feel like I've seen that on the list before, but I have no idea what. No, I, I can't. I couldn't tell you anything about it. But bet online, you could bet on anything. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily. And free wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to talk about the linebackers and offensive line recruiting here um, because the, I think the first thing is what in the world is going on with Florida Gators linebacker and offensive line recruiting? Um, we'll start with linebacker. Why not? You know, we just spoke about defense. We'll just keep defensive ball rolling here. Um, there needs to be improvement. <laughs> That's as, as forward as I could put it. Um, it sucked so far for Florida Gators linebacker recruiting. Um, and specifically, obviously, in the off-ball spot, I don't know, and I frankly don't care what you want to classify some edge rushers as uh, for Isaiah Nixon, for example. I don't necessarily care what you want to classify him as. I'm talking about off-ball linebackers. Um, it's weird that it's been so difficult for Florida to get linebackers here because you've got two guys with a focus on the interior linebacker room, and that is Jay Bateman, who is a former ACC defensive coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator with North Carolina. He got a few linebackers into the NFL. So if I'm a linebacker coming out of high school and I go, well, he got worse linebackers than me into the NFL. He got a QB that converted to linebacker into the NFL. I think that's a pretty dang good good uh, accomplishment there for Jay Bateman. Then you look at the uh, the other assistant for the inside linebackers and outside linebackers, but we're talking about inside linebackers here. Jamar Chaney, who was a former NFL linebacker. He played with, I believe it was four teams over six years, if I'm not mistaken. The Philadelphia Eagles, I believe he played with for three or four seasons. He's there. He, he's been to the, the pinnacle of playing a linebacker. He's been to the NFL. He played, he played linebacker in the SEC with Mississippi State. He was with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. He played linebacker in the SEC. Then he went to the NFL, and he had a good career. And I don't care what you say about you know his playing time or how great he really was, all pros, pro balls. I don't care about none of those things. That's what I'm saying. What I'm talking about when I say he's had a good career, 
the average NFL career is 3.3 years. Jamar Chaney was in the NFL for longer than that. Congratulations. That's a good career. That's literally the only metric I need when I say, were you a successful NFL player? Because there's thousands of guys. And in every draft, every offseason, there's hundreds that cycle in and out and never see anything. Jamar Chaney did it for years. He was was an NFL linebacker and a successful one at that. So why wouldn't you want to play for him? And here's the thing. I don't know what those reasons are. I'm not a linebacker recruit. I don't know what's going on in these recruiting calls or these recruiting conversations. But I will say Jay Bateman, as a former ACC defensive coordinator, should be doing a better job at recruiting linebackers than he has been doing. I will also say Jamar Chaney, as a former NFL linebacker, as a former SEC linebacker, there's currently a coach in the SEC, an assistant in the SEC, you should be doing a better job at adding these linebackers. And I realize that it's much much easier said than done for me to go try harder and for you to do it or for me to go get them and for you to do it. But at the same time, at the end of the day, you've got to be able to do something, especially when you consider this defensive scheme that I've spoken about so much where linebackers, you will be be allowed to show your entire skill set. You'll be able to show off your run defense. You'll be able to show off your pass coverage and your pass rushing ability. And in the NFL, And in college, versatility is the name of the game. Look at how high players get drafted that are Zayvon Collins, a linebacker edge. Look at Isaiah Simmons, a linebacker safety. Look at all these guys. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo with the Browns, a linebacker nickel player. Like, look at all those guys that are versatile defenders, and they're these Swiss Army knives, these unicorn-type players. And look at where they get drafted. That is one of the reasons why I was like Malik Bryant should be a Florida Gator. With this defensive scheme, this coaching staff, he should be a Florida Gator. He's not, but I think he should have been. And I think with linebacker in general, this coaching staff, you got to pick it up. I think maybe maybe Patrick Tony needs to put a little bit more emphasis there. I don't know what it is. Like maybe, maybe he can step in more as the defensive coordinator that or the defensive play caller. Maybe he could step in more and be like, hey, this is how we can use you. And I believe it was Shamar James that he was like, look, like Patrick Tony, show, Patrick Tony showed me his plan and exactly how he planned on using me, and that sold me. Find a linebacker that's about that business and show him what you want to do with him, and that will get you more linebackers, especially in the state of Florida. You should be able to add some off-ball linebackers. Flipping to the offensive side of the ball, looking at the offensive line here, <sighs> this one is Equally, if not more frustrating, yeah, I realize I'm adjusting myself. We're, we're getting more relaxed here. Um, but offensive line, plain and simple, has to be better. You have on the coaching staff, Billy Napier, who's not an offensive line coach, but he's been an offensive coordinator for years. He is the offensive coordinator, or he is the offensive play caller for the Florida Gators. Rob Sale is the offensive uh, coordinator, but Billy Napier is the offensive play caller. He's been an offensive coordinator. He's been well-traveled. He played with, he was the coach with Clemson under Davos Swinney. He was the coach at Alabama. He was a coach at Alabama under Nick Saban. He went to Arizona State. He is well-traveled. And with Louisiana, he helped get so many linemen into the NFL. Looking at Rob Sale, the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. With Louisiana, got so many linemen into the NFL from a group of five Sunbelt program that had no business being as good as they were. That's as simple as that. That's just a fact. Look at what Rob Sale did in his one year in the NFL. Andrew Thomas, fourth overall pick in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 2020 with the New York Giants right here. With the New York Giants, 
and he sucked his his rookie year. I almost said his freshman year. He sucked his rookie year. Second year, one of the best young offensive tackles in the NFL and one of the better offensive tackles in the NFL. Phenomenal, phenomenal improvement, as did a lot of other offensive linemen under Rob Sale, but obviously Andrew Thomas is the high draft pick, the one that was horrible in 2020, that was exponentially better in 2021. Use that as a selling point, Rob Sale. You got Robert Hunt, who is arguably the best offensive lineman on the Miami Dolphins, not named Teron Armstead. And you got him from Louisiana into the NFL. Simple as that. Just use those selling boards. Darnell Stapleton, similar to Jamar Chaney. You did it at the NFL level, and then now you've been an assistant coach for a few years. Why is it so hard to add people? You've got Cheston Blackshear, who's an assistant with the offensive line focus. Why is this so hard? There are zero excuses for this Florida Gators offensive line recruiting to not be going as well as it should be. Because don't get me wrong, Najee Harris, Bryce Lovett, I love it. <laughs> That's how I'll say it. I, I, I love them, and I love adding them. But Florida's lost out on so many high-ranking offensive tackles. Monroe Freeling has to be someone that Florida hits on. Like, it has to be. Because you missed out on Francis Maligoa. You did. You missed out on Lucas Simons and or Lucas Simmons. And even if he does decommit from Florida State and he's back in play for Florida, you missed it the first time. Yes, we're going to be... Because here's here's the thing also with this coaching staff, we want to be process-oriented and process-driven, right? I don't care if Lucas Simmons decommits from Florida State and comes to Florida because the process, you lost. Florida State fumbled the bag, and that's why you win. And and so stuff like that where you've got to be better with it. Lola, I don't think he'll be a Florida Gator. He might be, but he I don't think he will be. But this coaching staff, there is no reason for you to not be producing at linebacker or at offensive line. You could talk about defensive line all you want. I, I think that you should be producing a defensive line, and I think that Sean Spencer's done a phenomenal job. You could talk about DBs all you want. They've cooked. You could talk about receivers all you want. They've cooked. Quarterback, we've got our guy. Running back, we're in play for more, and we have at least one. But offensive line, linebackers, you need to be better. Simple as that. We're about to take a look at some YouTube comments and on a fresher note. I don't want to say nicer because it's still – uh, whatever you want to call it, boo hockey. I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to do it. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're taking a look at two YouTube comments. Um, and I, I regret not writing the name down. I do, but right now we're just going to take a look at two YouTube, YouTube comments from yesterday's episode of Locked On Gators. Um, <laughs> first of all, one of them is Avery Helm should move to safety. And here's the thing. First off, no. Um, no, he shouldn't. That's just plain and simple. No. Um, it's, I don't know how else to say it. I, no. That's, that's, no. That's all. That's how I say it. Um, but Avery Helm has been a very good cover man. First off, no touchdowns allowed last season. And he got better as the year went on. People with eyes can see that. Um, don't just take whoever is doing a film breakdown and is like, ah, this is what is a fact and take it as fact. No, evaluations are wrong all the time. Mine will be, and everybody else that covers any sport team will be. That's plain and simple, that fact. But Avery Helm has been a good cover man. He excelled last year. He did. For someone who shouldn't have been as good as he was, he excelled. He also played almost exclusively on the outside, he was almost exclusively a boundary corner. 
why on earth would you take someone who played well on the outside and it's not like you know it's not like chauncey garner johnson where like when he would come into safety or slot you'd be like oof this guy's gonna be so good as a nickel in the nfl no this is a different this is avery helm you watch him and you go that is an outside cornerback maybe at the nfl he can move to nickel or he'll move into the slot just if he doesn't add a little bit of uh a little bit of bulk. I do think he's a bit thin, but maybe. But, I mean, you've got a guy who, he's played very well. And he's played almost exclusively on the outside. So what he did works, and you know it works. Why on God's green earth would you go, let's change his position? No, no. You you know that he works there. You know that he's good there. And you know that his ceiling is higher because he got better as the year went on. There is no reason for you to go, he, he's not good enough here. Like, I'd understand it if he was bad or even average, but he was so good. So in what world is it even remotely logical to move him? There ain't a world that is remotely logical because that just makes no sense. Maybe if this was a completely... Uh, a completely different defense than what the Florida Gators currently have. Like, not, not even talking Todd Grantham. Talking about, right now, Patrick Tony and this coaching staff. Maybe if it was completely different, it'd make a little bit of sense. But it doesn't, because it's not. It's, it's just silly, and there's that. Next, there was another thing about the secondary. Actually, there was another thing about the safeties with Trey Dean. Because there has, every time I talk about this man, there is some kind of wild, angry, Trey Dean sucks. Trey Dean's good. Trey Dean sucks. Trey Dean's good. Blah, 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 blah. I will tell you this. First off, he's good. I will say that and I will leave it at that. I have gone through, through I don't even know what you want to call this journey that I've gone through, talking about his play, his film, his numbers. I've broken it down in every way possible about what he's good at. And if he's used properly, he will be fantastic at that. Which leads me to the second point here. This is a new defense. I've said it before, and I will say it again. If a player struggled under Todd Grantham because they were being used improperly, you should not fault them. Trey Dean was not used properly you should not fault him. There are players that were used properly and should be faulted, but there were a lot of players who were used improperly and did not reach their ceiling, and so they should not be faulted. So leave it at that. It's really just insane how much some Florida fans are just like, He's not an All-American unanimously. He sucks. Like, no, Trey Dean is a good football player. He's a good safety. He is. He will be better this year than he was last year. And I know that because I have a brain, and it's easy to see that. So we're going to get into so much more with the Florida Gators tomorrow. But for today, thank you for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators. Maybe be back tonight if Cedric Baxter Jr. commits. We will go live, of course. Now make your second listen locked on SEC hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage 
on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida, with Chris Gordy for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon right there, right there. I'm trying to get the, I'm trying to point at it. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. That's that's how we're going to do it. You can find all my written work with the whole nine sports and Giants country of SI.com. And I will see you all tomorrow.